It's Goddard and Marshall, episode four of We're Drunk, the podcast. Um, and we had so much fun getting out of, I guess, your house, which is of course doubled as our studio. Home base. Uh, last podcast, hanging out at the rail, they were like, you came up with the idea last, we need to go to like Coastal uh, Empire because they got this new killer beer. Uh, let's talk about that and just hang out at Coastal for the podcast. You know, any time that I can get out of my house and away from my wife, which I unsuccessfully did today. I was uh, she's, do it. she's here with you. She's standing 20 feet away from me. Uh, is, is a good time, man. And, you know, Coastal put out this amazing new beer, uh, which is going to be in production, I think, for now on, called Southern Delight Praline Amber. Uh, it's not a beer that's going to knock your shoes off as uh, the APV. You know, it's kind of a standard 5, 5.2, but God damn it, it's fucking delicious. So we're going to review that beer coming up later on in the podcast. Also going to talk to Kevin. Uh, he started Coastal Empire, and we'll get into more of the history there, but Coastal Empire are actually the first guys from Savannah who started a brewery. Uh, the last one to actually get the physical brewery up and running in town, but some great, great beer. It's the weekend. How are you feeling? You, you came from playing football. Yeah, yeah, you know, my, my weekly asphalt. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I'm never coming to play football again with you. <laughs> my, my, we, my weekly ass-kicking in football is what I meant to say. Jesus, I do think I have a concussion. Uh, I'm glad this drinking is probably doing a whole lot of good for me. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I came from football. Things were good. Won both games. Caught the two-point conversion at the end of the second game. S my D. That's right. Nice. Uh, I went to a farmer's market today. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you have time for a Bed Bath & Beyond? I mean, did you go to Home Depot? You probably ran out of time, right? Uh, we did run out of time. But I did pick up three and a half pounds of brisket, which I'm pretty excited about. You know, marinate that, your man stink, or you constantly look like you never take a shower. Is what? that true? No. <laughs> You got a concussion. That's Wait, true. no, never mind. You're just a dick. Yep, that's that's true also. 60 minutes ago, Cotter and Marshall started drinking heavily. Now they're going to attempt to host a podcast. This will either be awesome or one big motherfucking train wreck. I'm praying for the train wreck. This is We're Drunk, the podcast. We're Drunk, podcast. So, Marshall, of course, uh, this was your first St. Patrick's Day yeah. in Savannah. I'm going to be straight up honest. I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> Yeah, you should be. Uh, I always sell St. Patrick's Day here in Savannah like this epic clusterfuck of awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love St. Patrick's Day in Savannah. Sure. And whenever we get new people in town, which we had a bunch at the radio station this year. Yeah. Uh, you've been one of them. And I'm like, man, you you just got, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. It's just going to be insane. And there's drunkenness and, you know, semi-nakedness. And it's just out and out insanity. It was tame as shit, man. I mean, it was... <laughs> I've definitely seen more more craziness in a Las Vegas, uh, you know, uh, child's pageant <laughs> as compared to St. Patty's Day this year. I mean, it was a good time. I mean, uh, I, I think a lot of the downfall of it was St. Patty's Day was on a Tuesday this year, but a lot of people said, no, that's bullshit. It just was really low key this year. But uh, we both we both know that next year, leap year. So we're going to see St. Patty's Day land on a Thursday and then the party carry into Friday and Saturday. So, so hopefully uh, douchebaggery runs rampant and I can finally see some of this uh, extraordinarily awesomeness, as you would say, uh, hopefully next year. But yeah, this year really tame. I, I think part of it was the city was smart. I mean, they knew, I mean, they make a lot of money on St. Patrick's Day. A lot of money. And, and they knew it was going to be slow. So by making it the four days, Saturday was the money day. 
people came in Friday night, uh, partied Friday night, partied Saturday, and then bailed, you know, going into Sunday. I got to go back to work come Monday. So I, I think you, you saw a lot less people mo uh, Sunday, Monday. And then by Tuesday for the parade, you know, the day amped up again. You had a lot of locals coming out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely a, a, a different feel. And, and it was really, I don't know, it was really weird. When you could walk down River Street on St. Patrick's Day itself, and I mean actually River Street, and, and not be shoulder to shoulder with people, you know it's a slow year. I was talking to my buddy Caleb. He works over at the Wild Wing, and I was like, so Saturday and, and Tuesday, which was St. Patrick's Day, those were shit shows, right? And he's like, dude, they were insane. I made so much money. And I go, how did Sunday and Monday work for you? He goes, they were busy, but Monday was unusually busy. He goes, I really thought there wouldn't be a lot of people. And apparently at the Wild Wing in City Market, it was, it was fucking crazy. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you did you did amp this thing up. You told me, oh, man, it's going to be messed up. You're going to get there early. I was walking into places, no problem. Nothing was shoulder to shoulder pretty no. at any moment. No. Uh, now, I will say hats off to uh, the folks at River Street because I, I really think every year they try to offer something to people that's more than just, hey, let's go have a beer. And honestly, I thought the house or whatever with Bud Light, and uh, I'm not getting paid for this shit, I thought... It was fantastic. I thought it was really cool. They had drag shows. They had the breakdancer guy who was jumping over seven people. Chaotic is it, his name. Uh, River Street does a good job of trying to offer up something to people that's more than just, hey, here's some beer, here's some music. We want to get you involved in things. So I'm excited to see what they do next year. And yeah, man, <laughs> Thursday is St. Patrick's Day next year. So it's going to start on that high note, and then everybody's going to go like, well, I might as well take Friday off. I don't got to be work till Monday. I'll stay Saturday. It is going to be three days. If I can quote the Stone Stairs to Death, three days of shit show. Shit show. <laughs> we're Drunk, the podcast with Cotter and Marshall. So we're hanging out at the Coastal Empire Brewery today for We're Drunk, the podcast. Now, Marshall, I met Kevin and the guys from Coastal Empire I don't know, four years ago, five years ago, it was sure. at the Savannah Craft Brew Fest, and I was volunteering, and I happened to volunteer at their tent. And uh, it was great that these uh, were local guys brewing beer. They're doing contract brewing, so they weren't brewing in Savannah at that point in time. So they're brewing at different locations, but the guys were from Savannah. And uh, one of their beers, uh, it's either the Savannah Brown Ale or the Tybee Island Blonde, I don't remember. Uh, no, it was the Brown Ale, because that, that was the first one they came out with. Sure. Uh, was voted the best beer of uh, that year's craft brew fest cool and it was me and somebody else sitting there and they got all excited rightfully so they got to go pick up their their award for best beer that they looked at me and this other girl not knowing anything about us handed us their thing of cash because they were selling some merch it's like oh here take this we gotta go get our award <laughs> so they just just handed us hundreds of dollars not knowing who we were and took off to get the trophy that's the trusting nature of southern hospitality super nice guys man and i mean and it was really really cool for them to win that and and it took them a while because i mean they've they've been around the longest you know compared to to service and compared to the southbound but they were third in when it came to actually breweries in savannah exactly uh, they're here located on ross road which is kind of like it's off of Abercorn, about a mile and a half. It's not hard to find, but this is the last place you think a brewery would be. It's kind of an industrial section here. Um, my initial reaction from Coastal Empire was, I think one of the first times I actually drank Coastal Empire beer was at Tybee Beach with you. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. We went to, you we went to Park for me because I'm a pussy and oh, can't. You cannot parallel park for the live view. God damn it. It's embarrassing. But one of the first beers I ever had was the Tybee Island Blonde. Now, Tybee Island Blonde is one of those benchmark beers. Yeah. Kind of like um, 
Bud Light. And that's the benchmark for Coastal Empire. They also had, what was the other one? The Brown... The Savannah Brown Ale. That was the first one. And that was that was a good one, too. But uh, ever since they opened the brewery here, they have really been going out of their comfort zone and creating beers that are fucking fantastic. Yeah, they went, it took them a while to get around to the IPA. And now they've got, like, three up here, including a double IPA. Uh, they've got the, 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 what, the breakfast stout that you're drinking. And they have, and we'll get to it in a review later on, what I consider probably my second favorite local beer in this brand new Southern Delight Praline Amber. It's a fantastic beer. It's 5.2%. Um, like I said, you could, you could drink you know, six of them sitting at home one night and catch yourself a decent buzz, but it's not going to uh, create that blackout drunk that I prefer. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like I said, they have really great beers and they've really done some great work with that Dawn Patrol Breakfast Stout. It's 12%. That is a beer that'll definitely knock your socks off. I actually came here on uh, the grand opening yep. of, of the brewery and the Dawn Patrol at first, I was like, wow, it's a little too much. And they actually found this perfect combination of ingredients where it is damn fucking tasty, man. I, I, I want to go and grab another one. Yeah, I've been really impressed with what they've done since they've opened the brewery. Like you said, they, they've stepped out from just the blonde and, and the brown ale, and they've done some really cool beers. I mean, I'm just so happy that we have these guys in Savannah because, I mean, they're doing really, really good stuff. Proud to have these guys in Savannah. Uh, it's so great to actually get into Savannah. I've been here for a year now. Uh, with Southbound and now service opening up on Coastal. It's great to have these guys around because, I mean, hell, what, two years ago, we didn't have very much here. No, there was, there was no local breweries. All of a sudden, we got three. And, I mean, honestly, all three of them putting out some good, good beers. I mean, if you're a beer lover, Savannah's a great place to be. We're Drunk, the podcast. We're live at the Coastal Empire Brewery today. And, it, dude, Kevin's here with us. Uh, thank you so much for – it was kind of really last minute. I reached out to you last night. It's like, can we come out and do this? And you want to be on with us? And thank you very much. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for coming over. Out of the three breweries now, you're really the first guys to brew beer – uh, being from Savannah, uh, but you did a lot in the beginning, which was uh, contract brewing. And so, so what is what is that? I guess contract brewing, it can be a whole swath of things. Uh, the way we did it is we would go over for the brew days, uh, handle the brewing, and then let them handle everything from that point through fermentation and packaging. Um, you have other contract breweries that are like, you know, I don't make beer; I just want to be a marketer. Um, you know, you make my recipe whatever recipe you want to make and I'm just going to go out there and sell the beer and uh, and then you have other people that you know uh, like Evil Twin he's although he calls himself a gypsy brewer <laughs> um, you know he's he's a contract brewer as well where he goes in does the brewing um, and does a lot up at Westbrook and then uh, you know Let's Westbrook handle the rest of it from there and then does all the packaging and that sort of stuff. And the end game for you was always this, opening your own brewery. Yeah, the end game was always this. Uh, it was just, uh, when we went to get started, it was right after uh, the whole housing crash and everything and trying to get a loan uh, for stuff. It just wasn't happening. You know, all our equipment is all stainless and all really expensive. <laughs> um, so it was a way for, you know, it was either go the nano route and... Uh, by that, that's a brewery that makes less than five barrels in a batch. And whether you're making five gallons of beer or, uh, you know, the 1,200 that we make, um, it takes the same amount of time. You're working really hard to make very little beer. <laughs> so I know all of the beers that you guys have made, they're all your babies. I mean, obviously, you've, you've had a part in each beer, even the eight beers that you currently have up uh, on the board there. Currently, what is your favorite Coastal Empire beer? Uh, my, my favorite is the brown ale. Um, 
That's why we launched with that one. Of course. It was, uh, from a business standpoint, it's, it was a pretty stupid beer to launch with because, you know, brown ales aren't very popular, um, at least not in the southeast, out in the Midwest they are. Uh, but I've always really enjoyed that beer. Um, in fact, the first time I made it, I made a five-gallon batch. was about two cases. Mm-hmm. I kegged it up that Sunday and, you know, thought I was only having, you know, a couple of beers each night. And then I went I was on that Friday night. I was like, yeah, hey, you know, I'll have a few extra beers tonight. And the keg started spitting. And I was like, holy crap. I just drank two cases of beer <laughs> and, like, and like five nights. I cannot make this beer very often. Well, I mean, you, you actually, Cotter and I had talked about it uh, just before you jumped on with us. You guys have really branched out. I mean, you, you guys started with the, the Tybee Island Blonde and the Brown Ale, at least to my recollection. Uh, but, I mean, just coming here to the brewery, you've done so many cool things. The Praline Amber, which we'll, we'll review here in a little while. I mean, what what a surprise for Cotter and I at the Brew Festival. We ran a yeah. 5K last sat- Sunday because we're idiots. Uh, and then went drinking afterwards because that makes sense. But, wow, what, what a surprise for that beer. It's so good. And then the Dom Patrol, what an evolution for that beer. Because Cotter and I first drank this beer when you opened. And we were like, well, I don't know about it. Drinking it today you have definitely made some adjustments. That beer is fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the first time you guys had it, it had just gotten done um, uh, fermenting and sitting on the spices. So at that point, it's only about eight weeks old. As it sits and ages, the different spices that we put into it, all the flavors start to meld a lot better. They, they, uh, they all start to combine and, and it, uh, it just mellows out a good bit with age. So what's the process for you when you guys come up with a new beer? I mean, is it just like, hey, I want to try this, or I, this one ingredient would, just seems like it would taste good in a beer. Let's come up with something around it. Where you get your inspiration from uh, varies. Um, there's one beer I'd, I'd love to be putting out right now, but we can't because we can't get the hops for it. We'll have it uh, next year. Uh, we heard of a new hop variety. So I was like, well, let's get some. So we got, uh, you know, like 22 pounds of it. And I was like, well, let's see what we can do. And I just kind of brewed a beer that would just kind of showcase the hops. And when I drank it, I was like, holy crap, that's a great beer. <laughs> and, uh, and then I went to try and order more hops and couldn't get any for another year and a half. So. Oh, wow. And one of the things I know you guys are working with, and you're working with the, uh, the other local brewers as well, is hoping to get some laws changed in the state of Georgia. You're one of how many that can't sell uh, beer here in the brewery? Uh, it's one of... Four or five, okay. um, and and it's actually getting less. Uh, they did say five, but we've uh, since, um, like uh, one of those sites like PolitiFact or something like right. that, was actually running a fact check on it and said, eh, they're mostly true because it's actually only four. And I'm like, well, that just proves our point even more. You know, what, do, what are you talking about? And, and so basically, if you can get some laws changed, it's going to allow you and other brewery, uh, other brewers in Georgia to sell what, both packaged and uh, like pints? Yeah, to sell. So you'd be able to come to the brewery and, and buy a full pint instead of doing, you know, the tours and tastings now where you get the tickets or whatever and, and just sample a few beers. And, and I mean, that benefits you guys because, and it benefits everybody because, I mean, it, it, you guys are going to make more money, m- more jobs. And, and, like that, right? Right. And it, it, it will allow us to pick up more jobs. It also keeps us uh, competitive with the uh, breweries in the surrounding states because, um, you know, Georgians are going to drink a certain amount of beer, whether it's made here or made in South Carolina, Tennessee, or out mm-hmm. in California. And so when you've got breweries in South Carolina and Alabama and Florida that have a completely different revenue stream that are allowed to, because of that, allowed to expand a lot bigger, 
and make more beer and sell it here in Georgia, um, you know, it's it's so it would put us on the same footing with that and allow us to start expanding a lot faster and being right at the South Carolina border too. Marsha, you said it. There's like how many breweries popping up? I, I was just told the other day there's like ten brand new breweries that are in the process of just like building themselves up in South Carolina. So it's exploding there because the law changes and Georgia's handcuffing. <laughs> You know, these small business owners who can get beyond being a small business, who can go and, and, and build themselves up. And the laws are just, at, they're, they're old as shit and they don't make sense. Yeah, and it's, uh, I know there's uh, at least five breweries planned for Charleston alone this year. I know two of them are, have already gotten their brewer's permits, so that means they're pretty solid to start this year. Uh, the other three, I know, are breweries in planning, so whether or not they get done this year or not is a, you know, doesn't always work out for you, but... Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of planned growth up there. What can just the beer lover do to help support you guys or maybe help get these laws changed? Uh, right now, uh, our bill went through the Senate. It was passed a much different bill than we proposed, but it's there. So what you can do now is start talking to your house reps, calling them up, especially those on the Regulated Services Committee, and just tell them uh, you want the beer bill passed and you want it passed in its original form and just get out there and make a lot of noise because that's how we actually got it through the Senate. Um, it's about to get killed. And the fans that we have around the state made so much noise about it that uh, they backtracked and went ahead and put it through. Because this is bullshit. I mean, we, everyone knows it's bullshit though. That's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, we all, we all joke and everything. This is f fucking horseshit. I mean, it just, I can't believe this state is still stuck in that prohibition style of laws. It doesn't fucking work. It does not fucking work and it holds us back and it makes Kevin here, who's trying to fucking you know, soar above so many other people. Yeah, that's right, keep drinking, motherfucker. I'm just gonna drink, you, you do You should. Thing. Trying to fucking soar above people and actually get a foot above everyone else is fucking holding them back. It's not fucking fair. I'll fight for this guy all fucking day. The funny thing is they actually have a medical marijuana bill that they passed back in the 80s that made it legal. They had to buy it from the DEA pot farm that used to be in Mississippi. <laughs> but you can't come to a brewery to buy a beer. It's like Super Troopers, the Johnny Bananas yeah. uh, weed. You can only buy Johnny Bananas. But you can't buy a beer from at the brewery. Fucking stupid. So what, what kind of beer are you into? Um, recently, I've been on a real sour kick. Uh, it's, you know, and, and I go through phases. I mean, it's you know, a lot of times I'll just be like, you know, I'm... I'm getting my whole hop head on and just going after the hoppiest beers I can find other times. I'm just looking for sessionable beers and, you know, hitting Kolsch's and, the, you know, Pilsner's and the like. Uh, but lately I've been on a, a real sour kick, whether it's right. a fruit sour or just a regular sour. Do you got a, a specific beer you could recommend for people to check out? Um, actually, uh, one of the, uh, one of my favorites is uh, La Folie by New Belgium. It's, uh, it's really good. All right, well, Kevin, uh, once again, I just want to say thank you for letting us uh, come hang out, for talking to you. Uh, great beer. Uh, dude, this, this praline beer, seriously, uh, top two of my favorite local beers. That stuff is fantastic. I was so thrilled to hear that it's going to go, uh, not going away. It's going to become something you guys regularly produce. Yeah, it was uh, something we decided um, we were just going to do as a seasonal thing, uh, just throw it out there at the spring, you know, just to try and get some extra excitement going as we're moving into uh, the summertime and the reaction we've gotten, we've had a number of accounts that are like, no, you, you guys got to keep making that. You, you have to keep making that. So 
It's going to become a full-time beer for us. Uh, we're in the process of getting some cans designed for it, and we should likely start canning it uh, mid-summer. We're Drunk, the podcast beer review. Sit down, drink a beer. Today we are taking a look at Coastal's brand new Southern Delight Praline Amber on the beer scale of supremacy. Ah, uh, you got it right. Did I'm I so right? fucking proud of you. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so the first time we found this beer was last Sunday. Uh, we both got destroyed by uh, <laughs> sand gnats while running the uh, Craft Brew Savannah 5K. Got that name right. We found it at the beer festival afterwards, and we were stunned. I, I went up there, and I tried it. I, I took two steps away from the booth, took a sip, immediately turned around, went back, and was like, holy shit, this is phenomenal. And then you sort of army crawled your way over to me because <laughs> you weren't exactly walking very well. And you're like, Marshall, try this. It was actually really, really good. Uh, probably my favorite Coastal Empire beer uh, that they've ever done. Beautiful, dark, dark amber uh, looking color. It's got a slight sweet smell to it, which is uh, good. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got a bit of a almost a maple syrupy uh, nose to it. It's not overly carbonated. Uh, it's not much at all. Right. Uh, but as soon as it touches the tip of your tongue, I mean, you taste the sweetness uh, from the pralines. It's almost like eating a piece of pie, honestly. With some of these beers, you can run into, it could be too sweet. It cannot be sweet enough. This one nails it. Because you get too sweet with those beers, and it's like, ah, I have maybe about a half a bottle. It's like, ah, I'm done. Uh, out of all the praline beers I've had, this is by far heads and shoulders above uh, the best one I've ever had. This one is top notch. Uh, I, w- I could go buy a six pack, and I could just sit back, and I could drink the entire six pack of it. It's light. It's refreshing. This beer is fantastic. I don't think I've broken the four level yet on our beer scale of supremacy. I'm going to go 4.3 on this. Top two of my local beers. Wow. Uh, easily top two local beer for me. Uh, for me, I mean, it, it, is, it is fantastic. I'm more of a strong beer lover, but I'm still going to give this a fantastic rate. 3.9 on the beer scale of supremacy. Uh, you know, it's it's knocking it out of the park uh, with what Coastal's doing. 5.2%. Like I said, it's not going to knock your socks off, and it's not like you're going to have two of these and go lay down on the couch because your head's spinning. Uh, this is a fantastic beer. We're Drunk, the podcast with Cotter and Marshall. All right, Marshall, every now and then you and I have to record the work release program around the six one. <laughs> and every now and then, and by every now and then, I mean always, uh, we usually drift off into a tangent of obscenities and uh, political incorrectness that we just really can't air on the radio. It's true. I talk about jerking off and pussy a lot, guys. On the podcast, uh, we're, we're happy to be able to bring those segments to you. Shit you couldn't hear. Rock 106.1, work release program. Shut up! What? That's it, man. That's it. We made it through. You're, F you, what? You, you always say that line. What was yeah. Your point? No, you're... It's, We're it's done. It. You better? No, I just wanted to say it this time. I was just trying to get you to shut up. Say it. That's it, man. Ryan's coming up next. Man, you screwed that up. That was horrible. <laughs> that was... I, dude, that, that, just leave it to me, okay? What? Uh, you, that was horrible. Why was that horrible? It, it sounds just, just like you. No, it sucked. It sounds just like you. No, no, because that sounded like suck. Hey, man, that's it for the show. Ryan's coming up next. That's what you sound like. That's not at all what I sound that's like. That's exactly what you sound oh, like. Oh, BS, man. Do you li- turn your goddamn volume I can hear headphones. myself, and they sound, I sound fantastic. You sound like a douche. I wish you Why could hear yourself. Why did I put you on this freaking show? I wish you oh, could hear yourself. Why am I leaving again? You Screw s- you. You sound like an ass. Asshole. What? Yeah. I sound like an asshole. Yeah. Do you listen to yourself? Have you ever looked at an asshole? Because that is what you are. We're Drunk, the podcast. 
with Cotter and Marshall. Once again, man, I just got to say a big thanks uh, to Kevin, everybody here at Coastal Empire. Uh, it was such a last minute thing. You came up with the idea last week. I didn't get a hold of him until last night, uh, but more than gracious uh, having us here and uh, sit down with us as well. Uh, every first and third Saturday, they're open from 1 to 4, I believe, are the hours here at uh, Coastal Empire on Ross Road. So uh, find them online and visit the brewery because, like we said, uh, they have some of the most interesting crap brews here in the Savannah market. Uh, and, of course, thank you, everyone, for listening to We're Drunk, the podcast. We didn't drink any liquor this time, but mostly because I don't think we could really do that inside of a brewery because of, you know, laws. There is some legality there, and you have this beautiful thing of uh, Onyx Moonshine Whiskey that we so want to drink. And, I, unfortunately, I think our next episode of We're Drunk, the podcast is going to be from another local brewery, so we can't even open it up then. I think we're going to put it in a flask. Fuck them. <laughs> 